It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the May 11th edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you for joining me today. I come to you this afternoon often wondering, am I holding back a little bit too much? Like I always wonder, are my opinions strong enough? Are you getting enough out of this podcast? And quite frankly, doing a radio show is much easier than doing a podcast. It's totally easier. Because on a radio show, you're expected to talk about multiple things. And believe me, there are multiple things in the world of sports that that I want to talk about and multiple things just in life I'd like to talk about. But I know you come to me specifically on this podcast for Oklahoma City Thunder news and more importantly, Oklahoma City Thunder opinion. So it, it just it, it sort of feels like I'm I'm squashed in a box. Or put in a box. But I will tell you today, today's a no-holds-barred podcast. And we're going to get on that snake, Kevin Durant, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We're also going to discuss what we learned from Nick Collison's letter. Uh, One of the things I learned is that Royce Young will undoubtedly write many books about the Oklahoma City Thunder to come in the near future. And finally, in segment number three... Steve Kerr said some things that I 100% agree with and that doesn't bode well for the Houston Rockets coming up in the Western Conference Finals. Plus, the Toronto Raptors are making a change. So we've got all that coming up. My name is Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City here for a while. Uh, A lot of Thunder pre and post games. I'm a credentialed member of the media. And if you want interviews from players and coaches, check them out at LockedOnThunder.com. Also check out our back catalog of podcasts. Yeah, we've got all our podcast archive there. So if you like this one, go listen to some of the older ones, especially the ones where my opinions are like way off, talking about how things were going to materialize in the Western Conference this year. I'd also like to thank the folks at Thunder Digest for uh, helping and supporting this podcast, especially Chuck Cheney. All right, segment number one. There is nobody in sports I hate more than Kevin Durant. And it is sports hate. Like, Like, I do think Kevin Durant owes me some back pay 
because I gave up my 4th of July to go work and talk about him and his decision. And Kevin Durant, at least at that moment, did not care about me or my family and probably never has. I'm going to contradict myself in segment number two, but not about Kevin Durant. But everything with Kevin Durant or everything going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, Paul George, whether or not he's coming back, Jeremy Grant, what is his contract status? Can the Thunder compete for a championship? This albatross of a contract that Carmelo Anthony has that's $28 million, it's all Kevin Durant's fault. All of this is simply avoided, or all of this is avoided if Kevin Durant simply decides not to go to Oakland. It is it, it, it can't be any more plain than that. And you can blame Sam Presti for trading James Harden. You can blame Sam Presti for not doing enough to keep Kevin Durant here. But ultimately, once Kevin Durant left, the Thunder were in absolutely zero position to recover from that. Kevin Durant dragged the process out, waited till the 4th of July. And while he was waiting, there was this three-day window where everybody was signing every place else. So the Thunder didn't have the opportunity to go out and get free agents. Plus, every free agent who was even remotely considering coming to Oklahoma City, Al Horford, was waiting to see what Kevin did. So they had the inside scoop on what Durant did. As soon as Al Horford signed, we should have known. And now Sam Presti has been put in a situation where he has a guy like Russell Westbrook who's in his prime, but he had to go out and risk getting Paul George for a year. He had to take on Carmelo Anthony's contract. And had to make a very tough decision with Jeremy Grant. Although I don't know, I feel like I should be lumping that one into this conversation. I don't feel like I should be lumping the Grant contract into into the conversation with, with Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. If Kevin Durant stays, none of this happens. The Thunder are contenders. And one thing about the NBA, as you are watching this Western Conference Finals, like especially if you grew up old school NBA, Everybody's got to kind of pay everybody's got to pay their dues in the NBA, but more importantly, if you want to be a great champion in the association, at some point you have to have your soul crushed. It just inevitably, it it's the thing. That's why the Golden State Warriors are going to beat the Houston Rockets this year because the Rockets have yet to have their soul crushed. The Warriors did it by blowing a 3 games to 1 lead to the Cavaliers. And I thought with Kevin Durant losing three games to one, having his soul crushed would have made him want to come back to Oklahoma City and compete a little harder. Now, it still crushed his soul and he decided he never wanted to feel like that again. He was just going to do it someplace else where he knew he had an opportunity to win a championship. For Chris Paul, and, and I bring him into this, if Rockets fans really want to see Chris Paul return to Houston, it's probably better if the Rockets lose a close series to GSW. If it's six, if it's seven games, and there's a heartbreak of a six or seven game that knocks them out, Paul's going to stew about that for weeks. And right up until the time he decides what he's going to do free agent-wise, him and James Harden are going to be talking. They're going to watch the finals go on. They're going to watch Golden State win a ring. And they're going to say, you know what? I want that. The Rockets haven't had their throat stomped on yet. They haven't even been challenged this playoffs. And that that's a ser- that's a serious problem going in, going into this playoffs is that Golden State's been challenged. 
There's really nothing the Rockets can throw at them that is going to knock Golden State mentally off its game. I mean, Houston's going to win at least a couple of games. But Golden State's going to go through this unfazed. I don't think Houston will. And I think once Golden State starts pushing on them, Houston ultimately ends up crumbling in this series. And when it comes to Oklahoma City, the thing that worries me, bothers me about all this is hearing another talk show host today, and I've been listening to a lot of talk shows around the country, and the Thunder still get talked about, still get talked about a lot, because Russell Westbrook's still here, and he's an interesting character, and you've got the whole Paul George free agency. But the Thunder right now are nothing more than an afterthought, and it was said again today, ah, you know what, the Thunder probably aren't going to win anything big, and that just sucks. No, it's not going to absolutely kill me if the Thunder don't win a championship in my lifetime, no matter how long or short it is from this moment forward. But it does hurt to know that what, how the Thunder are viewed by most people is a what-could-have-been team. And really, the only person to point the finger at is Kevin Durant. People are going to point it at Sam Presti, and some people are even going to point it at Russell Westbrook if things don't get better here in in the next few months or in the next couple of years and it looks like stars don't want to play with Russell Westbrook that he's going to get the blame but right now Kevin Durant's decision has ultimately caused the dominoes to fall where every three years the Thunder have the most dramatic interesting gut-wrenching heart season of anybody else in the NBA and I don't know about you but I my heart can't take it anymore. I'm ready for some stabilization. I'm ready for some consistency in this organization. And I know Sam Presti is. And that's why he's given, giving Billy Donovan another kick at the cap. Because we cannot sit here every year wondering what's going on with the Thunder. And going back to Billy Donovan. Alright, so I kind of got off track there. Going back to Billy Donovan... But that's why Billy Donovan's getting getting another shot at this is because there hasn't been any consistency. The rosters have turned over too much. I'd like to, I would like to go into at least one offseason knowing who is coming back for the Oklahoma City Thunder and who is not coming back for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last year we had to worry you know, year two years ago it was Kevin, then it was Russ, now it's Paul George. Doesn't do a whole lot for your organization and stability, but give the Thunder some stability. And I tell you, next year, even if they don't win it, and, and that's the big thing, if the Thunder don't win it, can they get into a series with Golden State, come close, have that soul-crushing moment, and then make Paul George want to come back for a long term because he just wants that ring and knows that this is the best place to get it. So many questions to answer. Everything is a TBD. But just the fact that Harden and Durant are still hanging around keeps that reminder there and and, th and that's a tough wound and it just feels like salt keeps getting poured in that wound every day somebody discusses gsw playing houston in the western conference finals this is the locked on thunder podcast i am your host eric g we are part of the locked on network your team every day coming up in segment number two a stat that i forgot to give you yesterday about nick collison plus what did we really learn from nick collison's letter The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in segment number three of the Locked On Thunder podcast, we will hear from the folks at Locked On Raptors about Dwayne Casey. He is out as the head coach of Toronto, so we'll find out who the new guy might be. Plus, where will Dwayne Casey end up? Locked On Raptors will have a report. And don't forget to go to LockedOnSports.com to get the full episode of Locked On Raptors if you're interested in the future of Dwayne Casey and that organization. I'm interested in the future of the Oklahoma City Thunder And we know it will continue on without Nick Collison, who yesterday, after 15 years in the NBA, departs us. Sad to see Nick go. I really am. He was one of the great guys to talk to of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And unfortunately for Nick, I'm always going to think of him as a glue guy and a guy that came off the bench. And yesterday, I I mentioned there was a stat about Nick Collison that was kind of surprising And then I forgot to say it on the podcast. He's got 69, uh, not triple doubles. Now that would be amazing. No, Nick Collison has 69 double doubles throughout his career. But most of what he will be known for is Mr. Thunder, tough guy, guy that came in to do his job, never complained, and saw the organization grow up. One of the things that you learn in reading his letters is when we tell you, meaning us, guys in the media, tell you, that players don't appreciate fans and they don't appreciate the cities that they play in. That's total BS. They do. Not every player. Some guys really are just in it for themselves and they don't care what you or I think and they don't care where they play. They're just going to do their job. Nick Collison is not one of those guys. And I was lucky enough to work with a guy who wasn't one of those guys. And it's interesting enough that Nick and this guy played in the same city in Seattle. They both love the city of Seattle. The guy I worked with loved Milwaukee, so you can kind of surmise who it was, if you, in fact you know him. But Nick loved Seattle and was heartbroken for those fans to watch the Thunder move to Oklahoma. Then he fell in love with Oklahoma City. And I believe it can be done. And it's a mutual give-and-take relationship. If you show appreciation to the players they should show appreciation back to you. And I don't think it's too much off their skin to sign some autographs or wave hi to you if you see them in the store. And I'm not saying you go up and you bother someone while they're eating. And I I don't even know how to react to that. Because on one, one hand, I will tell you that if it's somewhat of a famous person, that they should kind of expect it. And on the other hand, privacy. And here in Oklahoma City, we normally respect people's privacy. Normally, even if it's somebody you know, you just sort of give them the knowing nod and then walk out the door. But Nick loved both cities. The other thing I learned is that Nick Collison went over to James Harden's house the night that he got traded, the night that OU played Notre Dame, and it was a shock to both their systems. But let's be honest about that trade. It worked out great for James Harden, who's about to play in the Western Conference Finals. It ultimately worked out great for Kevin Durant, who is also about to play in the Western Conference Finals and won an NBA championship. And it worked out fantastic for Russell Westbrook because he's the face of the organization here in Oklahoma City. He's got a Supermax, and it seems that he's getting everything that he wants. Even if two or three of those guys have not won a championship yet, it's turned out okay. 
So eventually, at some point, as fans, we've got to be accepting of that. It's tough. It's a sucky pill to swallow. And I will tell you right now, I am not interested in seeing the 30 for 30 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I'm reading, I'm interested in reading all the books that Royce Young is going to write because I think he'll write an individual book about Durant and Westbrook and Collison. And then I think he'll write one about the Thunder overall and maybe another one about Sam Presti. But there are going to be multiple, multiple books written about this team. And yes, there might even be a 30 for 30, but I don't want to see that 30 for 30 until I can be satisfied as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And for me, I don't know what that is. For you, it's probably a championship. That's not the end-all, be-all for me. For me, it may just be watching Russell Westbrook retire as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, getting a statue and being honored as one of the best players to have ever played in the NBA. That might be enough for me, but I think for you, it's about winning a championship. And as much as we want to know about all the, the dirty little details now, let's tap the brakes on that. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, we'll hear from Locked on Raptors about Dwayne Casey, and then we will talk about the two biggest dramas left in the association right now. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. As always, for anything else you want in sports, if you want local podcasts from local experts every day, just visit LockedOnSports.com and you can find their Locked On Raptors. That's a hot one right now with Dwayne Casey being out. And I would encourage you to go and listen to the full podcast of Locked On Raptors because I'm sure that's being produced right now. But if you don't want to wait, and we try not to make you wait too much here on the Locked On Podcast Network, here is Locked On Raptors. Here is the folks from Locked On Raptors to discuss Dwayne Casey and the future in Toronto. Hey, how's it going? This is Sean Woodley, the host of Locked On Raptors, here to break down the breaking news that Dwayne Casey, the seven-year head coach of the Toronto Raptors, has been let go by the team. This coming, of course, after they were swept for the second straight season by LeBron James and the Cavs. And there is a lot to get into with this. It is a decision that is sort of surprising, but at the same time isn't. Of course, like I don't think anyone could point to the series where the Raptors got swept by the Cavs and say that was all Dwayne Casey's fault. I think a lot of it is just LeBron is LeBron, and he is a powerful singular force who has owned not just the Raptors, but pretty much every other team in the Eastern Conference over the last decade. So I don't think it's a shocker that the Raptors were unable to sort of crack that nut. But I do sort of understand it from the perspective that 
you know, he didn't have a great series. It was a, it was a tough time. He did not have a defensive game plan that was well crafted to stopping LeBron. And I think that kind of speaks to the larger issue of Dwayne Casey, which has always kind of been the thing with him, is that he's not the best tactical coach in the world. He is a very good, maybe one of the very best in the league at being a big picture relationships guy. And he did an excellent job of that. When he was hired by the Raptors, the Raptors were in the middle of nowhere, absolutely listless as a franchise. And I think the decision to hire him was built, you know, a lot around his ability to sort of connect with players and build a culture and form good habits. And he did that. And the Raptors have, you know, been the most successful they've ever been under Dwayne Casey. Five years in a row in the playoffs, 50 wins, three seasons straight, 59 wins, of course, this season after completely changing over the offense. And, you know, it's really sad to see Dwayne Casey go. He's a fantastic guy. He is really easy to deal with with the media. And he did a really great job shepherding this team along from a point that, you know, they really weren't supposed to become this good. You know, they were supposed to blow it up in 2013-14. They traded Rudy Gay. Kyle Lowry was almost out the door. And then, you know, after some friction, him and Casey, Lowry and Casey kind of figured things out, really sort of established a good bond. And, you know, you see where the Raptors are now. People clown them for losing to the Cavs, but no other team has gotten to play the Cavs in the playoffs three years in a row uh, in the second or third round. And I think it speaks very highly that the Raptors are the team that keeps getting beaten by LeBron, as weird as that sounds. You know, they've gotten further than most teams in the East. They have won more playoff series than any uh, any any team in the league aside from the Cavs and Warriors over the last three seasons. So I think it's, you know, you can clown them all you want, but in, in, in the grand scheme of things, the Raptors have become one of the more, you know, successful, stable model franchises in the NBA. And a lot of that has to do with Dwayne Casey. So moving on from him does seem like a bit of a strange pivot. At the same time, I do think there there is some reason to it. And I think, you know, part of the reason that, you know, I think the reflection of Dwayne Casey is that he's been so successful at building the culture and building the the team from, you know, the the ground up and sort of getting this big picture thing just sort of hammered down to its science. The Raptors are just a really well-run team in the regular season. They win a lot of games for a reason. He's very strict with rotations. He gets guys in roles. They know their roles and they perform them every night. And I think that is honestly sort of the reason that maybe a change is needed in that the Raptors have, have grown under Dwayne Casey to a point where they're no longer in need of a big picture coach anymore. They're in need of someone who's more of a tactical wizard who can kind of look at a series and not take a game or two to adjust, who can kind of, you know, change things up and throw different looks out there that, you know, maybe Dwayne Casey's been a little bit slow to get to in the past. So, you know, I think the next coach is going to be someone who's more of a tactical genius. You know, Jerry Stackhouse is a guy whose name has been thrown out there. I kind of throw Stackhouse just from what I've seen from him at the G League team so far with the Raptors. He's made the finals two years in a row, but I'm not sure sure he's got sort of the tactical acumen that you would want in who's going to be the next head coach you know I think he's probably a guy considering the job he's done as a development coach with the young guys of the G League you'd probably want for a younger team and if the Raptors are going to blow it all up and trade away Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas then maybe Stackhouse is the guy but I do think Casey getting fired kind of sense it gives me the sense at least and this could change of course but I do get the sense that, you know, DeRozan, Lowry, you know, whoever else is going to be back next season for one last kick with a new coach. Hopefully a new message message comes across. It's a way to sell it to the fan base that you're bringing back the same team that just got swept two years in a row, but it's going to have a different coach at the, at the helm. And I do think that coach is going to be more of a tactical guy who is more sort of, you know, lauded for his in-game expertise as opposed to more of a big picture thing. Because I, th- I think the Raptors at this point probably believe that their franchise is stable enough and, you know, has come far enough and is, is strong enough you know, as a culture and just sort of as as an organization as a whole, that they can withstand not having a guy like Dwayne Casey to be the head coach who is so good at the big picture stuff. So, 
Guys I'm thinking about, Nick Nurse is the lead assistant for the Raptors right now. He was sort of the architect of the offensive change the Raptors did this season, and you know it worked really well. And he his playbook is deep, it's it's advanced, and he has been on the sort of short list of coaching candidates for a little while. He's interviewed for a couple jobs here and there, uh, so I'd expect him to get a long look. And then also the report coming out from Mark Stein and others is that uh, Mike Budenholzer is also someone that's high on Masai Ujiri's list. Uh, I you know people joke about Mike Budenholzer and sort of what happened with the Hawks this season. I think it would make some sense as long as he's not getting any sort of you know general managership of the team. I think that's probably what they would want to steer away from if he's looking for complete power like he wanted in Atlanta. Maybe that'll be a difficult sell for him, and I think that would be a difficult sell for the Raptors as well on their end. Um, but you know, a guy like Budenholzer, who it, you know, while the the Hawks were sort of known as this egalitarian, fun-loving team back in 2015 when they won 60 games, they were the second best defense in the league. And maybe you can sort of count on Budenholzer to craft a better scheme to maybe go up against LeBron James. Here's the thing: no Raptors coach is changing the Raptors' forces against LeBron James unless LeBron James becomes a worse player, which doesn't seem to be on the horizon anytime soon. This, is, I think, is very much a PR move to try to sell the team sell to the fans that the team coming back is going to have at least a bit of a different voice and maybe sell it as some sort of way to get around LeBron I don't think that's going to happen I don't think any new coach is scheming around LeBron James but uh, I do kind of understand the 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 pivot here to maybe go from a bigger picture guy to a more tactical guy really do think that's what it comes down to Um, Dwayne Casey was a fantastic coach he's going to be missed uh, by a lot of people in Toronto and you know it's a big risk there's a good chance that the next coach is not as good a coach as Dwayne Casey and I think Casey should be scooped up by some other team almost immediately. I would bet like Orlando with Jeff Weltman, who was the Raptors GM last season. Maybe that's a candidate there. Um, and you know he's going to be caught. He's going to be picked up soon because he's an excellent coach. And any team that is in sort of disarray and needs to establish a culture should be calling up Dwayne Casey right this minute to get an interview set up. That's all I got on this for now. Check out Locked On Raptors. I'll have a full episode about all of this. We'll get into all the different angles of sort of the optics of the Dwayne Casey firing and sort of where to go from here, what kind of candidate the Raptors should be looking for, and uh, maybe throw some names out there and maybe, you know, sort of hypothesize what, what else we're going to see from this offseason, which apparently is going to feature lots of change for the Raptors, a team that has not changed a whole lot uh, in, in a bunch of years. So interesting times ahead for the Raptors. You can hear it all on Locked On Raptors uh, with myself, Sean Woodley, and thanks for tuning in. Okay, real quick, let's jump into and finish this podcast up today with the two biggest dramas left in the NBA. One of those happens to be Kawhi Leonard going to a Los Angeles Dodgers game. And I agree with the guys at the Ringer on this. It's not a popular opinion, but yes, Kawhi Leonard should have gone and been at some of the playoff games that San Antonio was in in the first round with Golden State. Unless unless his teammates in the organization told him to get bent he should have been there. And it's the equivalent of going to the company Christmas party. You may not like everybody you work with, but you got to kind of show up and play the game. And Kawhi Leonard needed to show up and play the game. I also, despite all this, still think that Kawhi Leonard is going to end back up in San Antonio. I can be completely wrong, and I have no problems saying that I'm wrong. And I know every national pundit disagrees with me. Heck, Locked On Spurs probably disagrees with me now. But I just got to think that the Spurs are too smart of an organization to let a player like him go. And Kawhi Leonard is too smart of a guy to risk going to another organization that figures things out. Risk going to another organization that doesn't figure things out as well as the San Antonio Spurs do. I mean, seriously, all right. Think about it this way for a second. All right, you are married to, we could say Taylor Swift. She's a little bit off her rocker. 
Um, for I don't know, for people my age, it's like Christina Hendricks. I mean that 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 that's who we're talking about. Like if you're married to Christina Hendricks, fine. I'm just gonna go with people that I know. Christina Hendricks, you're not letting her leave without a fight. And it doesn't matter what she did. It doesn't matter if she went clerks. If you don't know that reference, look that reference up. You're gonna you're gonna try and keep her around because ultimately she's probably she's probably the best person for you. Kawhi Leonard is the best person for them. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna let somebody like Christina Hendricks just walk out your door. You're gonna figure out a way to make sure that she sticks around. Spurs, same thing with Kawhi Leonard. The other drama. Give Steve Kerr a lot of credit for playing mind games with the Houston Rockets. Not only is he saying that the Rockets aren't as hungry as the Warriors, but he's mentioning the fact that the Warriors have rings. And essentially what that does is, even though James Harden has got to that point in his career where the moment's not ne- where the moment's not too big for him, it doesn't necessarily mean you produce. I mean, Russ was proven that. But you've at least got to be willing to take the shot. Chris Paul, we know he can carry the Rockets on his shoulders, but if these games are close, if it gets in your mind, you're playing the champs, they know how to win, they've been through this, and you don't, you're still learning. Yeah. You know how it turns out. It's disaster for that team that's in the learning process. So Steve Kerr has definitely figured that out. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you for joining me today. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. And remember, as always, everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.